Okay, it's time to check in with the wife. It's time for the Pith of Pop, the podcast edition with my happy Holly wife, Jen. Thanks for joining us, Jen. Hi. First of all, what are we not going to talk about? We're not going to talk about the second season opener of Lost. Yes, uh, we saw it early, but we specifically decided we're not going to spoil it for anybody. So what we'll be doing today is we're going to talk a little bit about the event, the Brunch on the Beach special debut of the episode. And uh, we've set aside sort of the second half for a retrospective pith of pop about movies. But first of all, what did you think about the uh, debut showing? Well, it wasn't the best weather night. We got rained on, but it was great. It was very crowded and very loud and just completely just great, overwhelmingly great. I was so glad to be there just to see the show. Thousands of people on Waikiki Beach before a giant screen, red carpet, uh, mobbed by fans. And uh, yeah, I mean, the energy was awesome. I mean, we get sucked into the show sitting in our living rooms, but sitting among other people who are just as passionate about this show, reacting and screaming, it was awesome. Um, who were some of the stars that came down? Naveen Andrews, who plays Saeed, was there. Um, Maggie Grace, who plays Shannon. Josh Holloway, who plays Sawyer. Daniel Day Kim, he plays Jin. Jack, um, the character Jack, who's played by Matthew Fox. Harold Perrineau, who plays Michael. Dominic Monaghan, who plays Charlie. And Michelle Rodriguez, who plays Ana Lucia. And uh, it was great kind of measuring the respective responses as they were introduced. Who do you think got the most uh, noise? I don't know, it was probably a toss-up between Sawyer and Jin. Yeah, I was expecting Sawyer to have uh, the screaming groupies, but I was really surprised that Jin clearly has a big following as well. So Michelle Rodriguez was there. We only saw her character once in the first season, but she's going to be a regular in the second, you know, airport bar lady. There were also two of the new faces who've yet to be introduced and who we don't know who they're going to be. One was uh, Cynthia Watros, and her character is named Libby, but we don't know what she's going to be. But she's very pretty, blonde lady, kind of looks like she could be Shannon's mom. And uh, the tall, striking um, black fellow, uh, Adewale Akinawe Agbaje, which is <laughs> about as close as I could get to the way Billy V said it, the MC. But uh, the stars were there. They were standing in the rain, getting their proclamation from the mayor, and then, you know, sitting down to watch the episode. And uh, was it a good episode? Yes. I, I'm pretty sure that diehard fans will be very, very pleased. Absolutely. Absolutely awesome. Even in the rain with people with umbrellas in the way and uh, kids screaming occasionally because they're getting wet. I thought it was a spectacular episode. The question that is looming largest on your mind at the end of season one is the answer you get in the first minute of this episode. But I think I've said too much. So um, let's switch gears here. And uh, Jen, although we've only been talking about Lost all week here at home, you've been kind enough to put together sort of a, a quickie pith of pop. What's your topic? Top five movies I've seen in the last 12 months. Okay, so as I said, a retrospective. We've talked about some of these, but it's good to go back. Uh, what's number five? Star Wars Episode Three. Ah, blockbuster film this year, I think, and uh, in theaters that we got to see it, believe it or not. And what did you think about it? It was a spectacle. You know, it's such a big deal to those of us who grew up in the late 70s and early 80s that, you know, we just loved and appreciated the original trilogy so much that it's almost a requirement to see Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader and to complete the circle. 
I I have to agree with that. I mean, it was uh, I couldn't have compared it to Titanic. It wasn't a major triumph of storytelling or drama. Definitely not of acting. But it but as a movie event, it was almost uh, required viewing. And just like Titanic, you know how it ends, especially because it connects to the beginning of Star Wars Episode Four. But you know, you just had to see it. And as things go, it was better than I expected. I think George Lucas did a really good job of toning down the special effects and the CGI at the end so that it had more of the spirit and and more of kind of the same style as episode four. So it would connect better. Right. Okay, um, what's movie number four? March of the Penguins. Oh, that was very recent. Uh, We also saw that in the theaters and uh, probably talked about it three or four shows ago. Why'd you like that so much? When I was a kid, I used to really love nature documentaries. You know, I watched Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, and and I really just like to sit and watch nature shows. And this is a really, really good nature show. You know, it's narrated by one of my favorite actors, Morgan Freeman, and it's very engaging beginning to end, really, really well made. And uh, any movie where you can watch it with your kids and not be worried about things uh, is a good movie. Right, right. My kids loved it, you know, for, for days after they, they talked about it and were imitating penguins. So I thought it had a real impact on them, too. And uh, as it depicts the hardships faced by penguins to find a mate and have a baby, it sure makes you have a more reasonable perspective on human life. Right. Like, you know, like I mentioned before, when I don't want to get out of bed, I just remember what penguins have to do just to survive. Okay. Um, movie number three. Shaun of the Dead. That was the sort of comedy, sort of horror film out of the UK. Right, right. Probably made, I think, in 2002, if I'm not mistaken. Kind of um, very British humor, very dry. And besides the, the humor and the fun, it's also kind of unnerving, you know. The, the contrast between the horror bits and the comedy bits really makes it effective. I agree. I mean, it was uh, from the name, Shaun of the Dead, I thought, okay, it's just a parody. It's like airplane of a whole genre of films. But in fact, I think it really stood on its own as a horror film. I got, you know, I jumped out of my chair a couple of times. And yet the humor is uh, typically, you know, uh, English, very dry, but still hilarious. Very hilarious. It's, you know, I I adore British humor. So this was right up my alley. All right. And uh, the second most favorite film you've seen in the last year? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Ah, that's the uh, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet film? Right, correct. It's it's written and directed by Charlie Kaufman, the guy who did Adaptation and Being John Malkovich, you know, those kind of mess-with-your-head movies, as I like to call them. This one, is, it's less of a mess-with-your-mind film. It's kind of introspective in that way, but it's also a romance, and it's really well-made. Um, it's one of those movies where... It takes several viewings to fully appreciate what you've seen, and I actually rented it twice just to see if I could pick up all of the little things that that made it complete. Right. When you got it again, it kind of rolled my eyes, but I did sit down and watch it with you again. And I have to say that the second time I saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I liked it better. Somehow it made more sense. I caught things that I didn't catch the first time. So in that respect, you know, the Charlie Kaufman film style, it definitely, there are little things that you need to catch to really fully appreciate it. Right, right. There's a whole subplot with Kirsten Dunst's character that seems really kind of superfluous in the first viewing, but later on, like maybe in your second viewing, you'll realize that 
it all fits into the, the the story that you're watching between Jim Carrey's character and Kate Winslet's character. And finally, uh, of all the movies we've seen in the last year, number one, what was your absolute favorite? No Contest, House of Flying Daggers. That was a wonderful film, the uh, Hong Kong martial arts film, um, sort of in the same vein as uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yet definitely different. Way, way different. I think this is probably a movie that's been really overlooked by the American public just because it's similar in theme to a couple of movies, but it really stands on its own. It's got a great script. It's got beautiful cinematography. It's just lovely all around, you know, and it, pretty much everything that you look for in a really great movie it has. Well, I'm not sure if I'd say that it was overlooked by the American public. It was. It did very well and got lots of lavish praise. And in fact, I would say one of the reasons why I wasn't going out of my way to see it was because I just sort of lumped it in with, oh, it's the it's the hot thing of the day. It's the Hong Kong cinema. It's martial arts and, you know, the whole uh, Crouching Tiger thing. But in, But when we actually sat down to watch it, I was very impressed. It was an incredible film, like you say. Uh, very epic storylines, great characters, great performances. Zhang Zi is in it, and she's been in a number of films, but I thought she was awesome. You know, you knew she was going to kick butt, and uh, Andy Lau as well. So, uh, yeah, all in all, I can definitely see why it's your favorite. Yeah, and it's probably another one of those movies with those little things that you really want to try and absorb and it's probably worth a second or third viewing just to pick up on those little things and you know as we mentioned before the best thing about this film is the climax you know there's a, a big epic huge fight scene at the climax and it just sticks with you it's so beautiful and so moving it's just so complex and there's just so much to it that you really s sit around and think about it for a long time afterward yeah, it's sort of a Tarantino-esque Mexican standoff, but it's not. And it, it happens relatively quickly, and then you have to sit back and consider the motives of each of those characters. And, and really, there's a lot going on there. Definitely a great film. Okay, so Pit the Pop recap. The top five films you've seen in the last year so far are... Star Wars Episode Three, March of the Penguins, Shaun of the Dead, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and House of Flying Daggers. All right, and that's actually a great mix of films, from comedies to epic dramas, um, all recommended by The Pith of Pop. If you haven't seen any of them, definitely add them to your Netflix queue. As for next week, uh, the rest of the United States will see the season opener of Lost on Wednesday night, and that's probably what we're going to be talking about. We're definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, we are. I'm beyond excited. But until then, uh, thanks for joining us, Jen. My pleasure.